Okay, let's go back to the topic we're talking about, and that is the fight to keep the RCMP in Surrey. My guest is Brian Sove, president of the National Police Federation. Brian, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Mike. Hey, you guys did a, a poll that uh, asking residents of Surrey whether they like this idea of getting rid of the Mounties. What did you find out in your poll? Uh, well, actually, this is the third poll in a succession, uh, and the messaging is is clear that the, the more residents learn about this transition, whether it be costs or implementation or how long it's going to take, the less they like the idea. Uh, you know, in this latest one, it's 86% of respondents now want the Surrey Police Board to come clean on a full accounting of startup and transition costs. Um, so yeah. it's it's really an education piece for us uh, as well as for the residents of Surrey. Okay, how much is what is the latest uh, from the municipal, the local city hall about how much it will cost? What do they say it will cost? I think they're sticking with the original Price Waterhouse Coopers report from uh, yeah. was done in with the VPD last year of uh, something about a hundred and thirty ish million dollars. Uh, over a number of years, but you know yeah. the, the, that really doesn't take into account for uh, information management, information technology, pension transitions, uh, cars, shared services, uh, all of the details to actually get a police force up and running. Okay, you obviously you support keeping the RCMP in Surrey. Why is that? Why do you think the Mounties should remain in the city of Surrey? Well, I think from the National Police Federation's perspective, obviously, you know, we have members there who've served Surrey for 69 years and done an excellent job. So it's not that we discount the mayor's mandate to be elected and the unanimous motion to transition away from the RCMP. That's fine. They've made that decision. But do it in a professional manner that shows the taxpayers uh, of Surrey and the residents of Surrey a fulsome picture. There have been a number of reviews done uh, moving to a municipal police service. Richmond's done a few. Red Deer just did one last year. And they really did a full accounting and provided council and the residents what it would cost and how it would look and how long it would take. This particular one misses on a number of marks. And I think that's why when the residents see more and more layers of this onion being peeled back, they don't like the plan or they want a referendum or they want to push pause, right? 80% agree now that with COVID, the world has changed. Um, and maybe the city should pull back and reallocate resources to different areas instead of focusing on this continuous transition. Plan. Okay, I will I will concede to you that I, th- I think there's a lot of people in Surrey that that feel the way you've described and maybe they're having even maybe if they like the idea at first perhaps they're having some second thoughts about it now and maybe they want a do-over but i suggest to you that um it could be difficult to stop the train from from going down the tracks here the this has been approved by the city this has been approved by the at least in principle by the provincial government uh the federal government has indicated they're not going to stand in the way of it if it's of course if it's all done properly and approved properly so how do you stop it i mean is it too late to stop it in your mind I don't think it's it's never too late to stop this. And, and really, you know, some of the, the areas that we've been focusing on now is, okay, so how is this going to affect policing in the entire lower mainland? So the RCMP did its yeah. own survey of its membership uh, over the month of July, and that showed that very few members of the RCMP are interested in becoming Surrey Police Service members. If yeah. that's the case, where do they get all of these cops? There's no magic machine that just creates police officers. So... 
you're going to see, and I believe a Vancouver Police Board member is on record of looking at possibly up to 200 or 300 VPD members transitioning over to Surrey. Transit police will probably lose to transition over to Surrey, New West, Delta, Port Moody. That creates a challenge in the entire lower mainland to fill those vacant positions. So really, it's up to Mike Farnworth to look at that and say, I'm responsible for the policing and the safety of all British Columbians. And if we're destabilizing police in the lower mainland, how do we ensure the safety of all those British Columbians? Well, really, yeah. well, well, can't they train more cops? Well, they can, but, uh, you know, there's a number of reports out there that says the JIBC doesn't have the capacity and requires a massive influx of cash to increase their capacity to train more cops. So what's the contingency plan in place? These are all the questions that really a fulsome review. And if you looked at the PricewaterhouseCoopers report, they talked about a feasibility study that should be done, and that was never done. So a feasibility study would take into account a lot of these things. And it's, it's that those are the layers of the onion that w- will continue to peel away so that uh, residents of Surrey and the Lower Mainland see the full impacts of what this might be. Okay, we continue to follow it closely. Brian, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Have a great week. All right, welcome back to the show. Let's talk about some big news out of the world of NBA basketball, and that is British Columbia's own Steve Nash. What a legendary player he is, a Hall of Famer, two-time MVP, played for many years in in the NBA, uh, the greatest basketball player to come out of Canada, arguably, uh, I think probably without a doubt, really. Uh, he is hired as the co- the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets on a four-year deal announced today. Wow, what a big signing by a major franchise in the NBA. They hire British Columbia's own Steve Nash as their head coach. Let's talk about this now with Howard Kelsey, another great Canadian basketball player. He's a member of the BC Basketball Hall of Fame, the BC Sports Hall of Fame, played at the Olympics for Canada's basketball team. Howard, thanks again for coming on. Happy to be here. Unbelievable news. Yeah, this is incredible. I mean, you must know Steve Steve yourself, right? I know him very well since yeah. his days at our, our, our Butis Junior High School in Victoria when I worked for Ken Shields at UVic. Amazing. Howard, what do you think about this announcement? Head coach of the Nets, wow. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody saw it coming. And uh, it's definitely going to be a huge attention grabber. And with uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I think Steve has inherited an unbelievable base of talent. Oh, yeah, this is a major uh, power power base in the NBA for this team, for sure. Um, did you have any idea that this was possible and that you heard any any hints or speculation that Steve Nash might end up, end up as a head coach in the NBA? Uh, well, there, there's always possibilities for Steve to navigate anywhere in the NBA because he's, he's in the upper echelon and he was an advisor to the most successful franchise lately, which was the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Whether or not he would end up with Brooklyn is is a different matter, but there's always a possibility of him either being a head coach or a GM or president at any time during uh, his time since he's retired. This is a huge step because Brooklyn, as you all know, is the media center uh, through New York City. So this is a huge step, especially with Irving coming back and now KD coming off of injury. Yeah, no, it really is incredible. He doesn't have any coaching experience, though, right? Does it surprise you to see a guy with with no experience step into a job like that? Uh, 
it is surprising in that sense, but knowing Steve, he's a very smart person. Yeah. He's very articulate. As a player, uh, he had vision that other people didn't, and I'm sure that's applying here. And my guess is he will flank himself with other areas that he wouldn't have experience in. So it's not necessarily needed. Pat Raleigh came off of being a broadcaster to take the uh, Showtime Lakers over. So yeah. it's, it's very right. possible. Yeah, and, and this guy, look, this guy is maybe one of the most intelligent basketball minds ever, right, in the history of the NBA. Like, if you talk to anyone who's played with him, and everybody who played with him loves the guy, by the way. So they yeah. not only love the guy and admire him, but, man, his his brain, like his basketball brain is, like, off the charts, isn't it? Totally. He is yeah. uh, one of the best uh, point guards of all time, and he single-handedly took Phoenix uh, from mediocre to uh they should have made it to the finals at least against san antonio um if not a couple other times against the lakers okay did you hear what Stephen a smith had to say i did i i watch him regularly so uh you can you can understand his point of view as well but at the end of the day is uh the ownership of uh, of the brooklyn nets and the senior management and it would be sean marks yeah would have already uh percolated those concerns through and they're in charge of their team they want to win so they're going to hire whoever they think is going to help them win and obviously today steve nash is in charge of getting them winning okay howard let me play the clip here Stephen a smith a very outspoken uh, sports commentator on espn and brace yourself here have a listen to what Stephen a smith had to say about the hiring of steve nash here he is steve nash is widely respected and loved by a whole bunch of people in the NBA, black, white, and beyond. Congratulations to him. He deserves it. I get it. But this ain't about him, what I'm about to say. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no way around this. This is white privilege. This does not happen for a black man. No experience whatsoever on any level as a coach. And you get the Brooklyn Nets job. I know that Kyrie and KD have both signed off on this. I know they both support this move, but I'm thinking about a champion that is Ty Lue passed up. I'm thinking about a guy who built the foundation for the Golden State Warriors in Mark Jackson passed up. I'm thinking about the years that Sam Cassell has served as an assistant first in the nation's capital in DC. And now with the Los Angeles Clippers, passed up and it's for a guy my god one of the best guys you could possibly meet in your life and may do a fantastic job but a guy that has no experience whatsoever okay Stephen a smith on espn there howard talking about this hiring of steve nash to be the head coach of the brooklyn net he calls it white privilege I don't know. I mean, I admire. I like Stephen A. Smith. I enjoy listening to his commentary. But I don't know. Is, is that was that a fair a fair take? Uh, Stephen A. Smith takes uh, strong positions on everything. I don't know about yeah. white privilege. I think Steve is privileged. But when you're the two time MVP of the NBA, you are privileged. So let's not see it through any color lens. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, is uh, Sean Marks is the is, is is in charge of making this decision. And KD and Kyrie Irving are no uh, uh, slouches themselves. <laughs> yeah. All of these people would have signed off. It's not one person's 
uh, pick on their own. And at the end of the day is when you're in charge of a multi-billion dollar uh, NBA franchise or any pro franchise, your senior management is going to pick who you feel is the best. So we have to give them the benefit of the doubt. And and you know as well as I do, in New York City, you'll have the media on you so fast if you don't win. Uh, So give him time and give him a a season or two to see how this all comes together. But straight out of the box, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Erling are going to make Brooklyn Nets with Steve Nash a formidable force very quickly. Yeah, I, I think that's very well said, Howard, and I agree with you. Uh, I, I think Steve Nash is is an awesome guy. He's he certainly uh, British British Columbia and Canada can be proud of him, and I think this is a great hire, and I think he could turn out to be a terrific coach. And this thing about white privilege or whatever that Stephen A. Smith was saying, I, I respect that, that position, that take, especially in these days and these times, but I, I think a guy like uh, Steve Nash, when he stands up in, in front of that New York media that you described and he's asked about that, I think he will answer, and it'll be a hundred percent in favor of Black Lives Matter and speaking up for social justice and racial equality and speaking out on police brutality. All these issues that are front and center for the NBA in the United States. He's he's there. I mean, he is going to be sub- totally supportive of those issues, and I think people will get behind him. That's my thought. That's that's what I think. What do you think? I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you mentioned the the two superstars here on on, the, on this NBA team, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They they support this hire, and do you think that's crucial too for a new coach that your superstars support you? Hundred percent, especially those two. Both of those have championships, and it's no coincidence. Steve became pretty close with Kevin Durant while he was advising Golden State, and without either of those two, or both in this case, uh, I would think that any person, regardless yeah. of color or ability would have an uphill battle if those two don't want you to be the coach. Yeah. Just lastly, Howard, you, you know Steve Nash well. What, do you, what would you say are the, the qualities of him that, that make him great, a, a great basketball Hall of Famer and now a, a potentially terrific coach? What would you say? What stands out for you? He's very calculating. He's very intelligent. He's great under pressure. Uh, he thinks outside of the box. And uh, this is an out-of-the-box move. He's also familiar with New York, having lived there in the summers for multiple years while he played for the Suns. So even though it seems like a huge step from uh, Arbutus Junior High or St. Mike's, uh, Steve's pretty comfortable in New York City. So I think he's he, he wouldn't take this on if he wasn't comfortable with the path forward, and I'm pretty sure he would have thought through it all. Howard, thanks for your analysis on it today. My pleasure. All right, let's talk uh, to my next guest now, Mike Laundry. He is the owner of Westside Pest Control. How you doing, Mike? I ain't calling to win the contest. <laughs> no, I don't think maybe maybe next time, Mike. Maybe next okay, time. Okay, I'll try tomorrow. Okay. All right, Mike, let's let's talk about pest control here and in the fall. Do you find it in the pest control business that you're in in the fall season uh is that a busy time with people noticing creepy crawly stuff around their homes and they call you guys yeah absolutely we're always we're always busy in the summer with all the insects and then there's usually a little bit of a lull when everybody goes back to school and starts with uh, the new routine in september but um, as things cool down um, uh, things that might have been comfortably living outside during the warmer summer months um, 
decide to uh, to start looking for warmer places to reside. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, what has this been like this summer um, for for you guys, especially in terms of the COVID reality that we're facing? And and has this been a, a busy summer? I've seen a lot of wasps wasps around my house. Has that been a bad summer for wasps? You know what? It's it's actually been a fairly typical one, and it started okay. out as a slow summer for wasps, but okay. um, uh, that was just from our our cool and wet spring. But then. Uh, but then, as it as the summer warmed warmed up, um, especially in in July, um, uh, they quickly they quickly got back to their usual r- routine, and uh, yeah, it ended up ended up being sort of as as busy as I would say it was a it was above average for for a wasp. For wasps this uh, July and August. Right, we just seem to have a lot of them buzzing around my, my back deck. Have you ever seen one of those things that people hold uh, hang up that looks like it almost looks like a fake uh, wasp nest, and it's supposed to scare I away mean, the wasp? I mean, you could use a paper bag if you wanted to. Uh, I I they, there it's uh it's definitely those are definitely a debatable deterrent for for wasps. Um, having having treated over a thousand wasp nests myself, I can tell you that I've seen them as close together as, as 10 feet apart, actual wasp nests, not the, the fake ones. So, um, you know, how well they work is definitely de- debatable. I think it's, it's one of those things that uh, it, it may be more of a placebo than, uh, <laughs> than an actual de- deterrent. Um, one of the things that I can tell you does work very well are, the pheromone wasp traps and you can you can get them from local hardware stores for less than ten dollars each and they work for a number of weeks and they're they're non-toxic and uh they do a great job of keeping them um away from the areas where you where you don't want them uh so i would i would highly advocate a, a pheromone wasp trap over a fake nest but um you know if you want to be certain maybe use both Okay, speaking of Mike Laundry, West Side Pest Control, what happens if you see some uh, droppings in your house and you think like, uh-oh, maybe I got a mouse in here? I mean, if you see a droppings, there's almost, is there, probably definitely you got a rodent, right? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. They, uh, they, they, you know, again, once they've found a warm and comfortable place to reside and maybe some, maybe some food as well, they're not likely to not return. Um, uh, finding droppings inside the house usually means that, um, as far as the rodents are concerned, that house is as much yours or theirs as it is <laughs> as it is yours. Um, so, uh, if you see some, um, it's best to start looking around uh, under under the stove, maybe behind the fridge, um, any places that would possibly be accessible that might yeah. be close to. Uh, uh, anywhere this, anywhere that things like pipes are are egressing from the uh, from from the walls into yeah. uh, into any room in the house is where you're likely to notice them um, because what? yeah. What is the most Mike? What is the most common uh, call you guys get there at Westside Pest Control? The most common pest you deal with year round? It's definitely rodents. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, Rat, rats and mice are are, are constantly battling for top position. <laughs> okay, Mike, you you mentioned that you've taken out like hundreds of wasp nests over the years. I'm sure you've seen a lot of gnarly stuff. What, what's the kind of the craziest call you've ever been out? Like, what's the what's the weirdest craziest thing you've seen? 
Oh, there's so many crazy things. Uh, uh, now, it wasn't actually a call that, that, that I did, but one of our technicians a couple of years ago was, was going to inspect somebody's attic for rats. And when he opened up the, the, the hatch to the attic, oh, there was no. a wasp nest right in front of him. And this was in the <laughs> summer. Um, uh, now, it wasn't just any wasp nest. It was, it was about two and a half to three feet high. And about five feet in length, it was the size of a small black bear. Oh, so um, he was crazy enough to, to 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 use a piece of wood and gently poke it to see whether or not it was active. Fortunately, it was a dormant nest. Oh, um, but uh, it definitely scared him. We got a we. We got a picture of it, and uh, it went up a couple of years ago on our Facebook page, and there was a lot of um, uh, wow-faced emojis below <laughs> below that one. Um, but uh, Conrad did survive to uh, to tell the story. Oh, man. You ever deal with uh, raccoons in, like, people's attics yeah. and stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, are they, what do they like to get rid of? Are, they, is that an easy one? No, they're evil. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the um, uh, yeah, they're 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 without a doubt the most vicious of all the pests that we wow. that, that we deal with. A lot of people would would probably say they'd prefer a skunk over a raccoon every day. I would prefer a skunk before a raccoon any day of the week. All right, welcome back. My guest is Mike Laundry. He is the owner of Westside Pest Control. Yeah, we're talking pest control. So you have a comment or question, phone me right now, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Kim in New West. Hiya, Kim. Hi. Hi. Um, Hi. I have been battling pharaoh ants for a number of months. And the, prob- the, the extra additional problem I have is I have a cat, so I can't use regular pesticides. Pharaoh ants. Mike. Sure. Um, uh, it, Kim, do you, are you in a multi-residential building, yes. or is it uh, you are? And um, uh, has, has, uh, has there been other units, do you know, that yes. have been infested as well? Yep. Yeah, feral ants are, are a huge, can be a huge problem because um, uh, they're, they're a very smart insect. And as soon as they start to suspect that, that someone is trying to exterminate them, they go into reproductive overdrive and their colonies spread. It's called budding. Um, and, and so uh, it, it's, it's everyone's knee-jerk reaction when they see insects to put out strong bait or to spray them with a can of raid that, that's actually counterproductive in terms of uh, in terms of eliminating them and it can be very tricky to get uh, you know every person in one building on board and, and educated um, mm. so uh, when it comes to ferroants you want to be using a very uh, a bait that's a very low toxicity so um, almost anything that you can purchase domestically is actually going to be the right the right concentration. Um, I would even go as far as to purchase a liquid bait and dilute it fifty percent with any kind of juice or or water, um, and it's probably going to be a borate based bait. And when it's that diluted, your cat would have to consume gallons of it for it to have as much as a stomach ache. So I wouldn't be too concerned on, on that front. If you are, though, um, uh, there, you can purchase 
you can purchase bait stations. Um, uh, so if you if the bait okay. can go in some kind of an enclosed station, that would be great. Uh, okay. Uh, straws are good. Try using a, a, a drinking straw. Um, okay. Put the bait inside of that. Okay, Kim. Good luck with that. Uh, Len, we have ten of calls here. Len and Burnaby. Hey, Len. Yeah, hi, Mike and Mike. Hi. I think I've got mice in my uh, heating ducts, and I think they're damning inside the house. I get a funny smell, like, secularly during the day, and mm. I'm wondering, um, do they get into the heating ducts? Right. Uh, they, they, they can, but typically they don't. What they typically do is actually reside on top of the ducts, and often mice are mistaken for rats. Um, uh, so the, the ducks are usually like a fully closed network. Um, so they'll follow they'll follow the pathway that the ducks are going on, but actually be on on top of them. Yeah, yeah. If they've been Why nesting there a- long enough, then the smell of where they're nesting and doing all their business right on top of the ducks when they come on will will come through the ducks them, themselves. So the the the, the trick is going to be doing a thorough outside inspection on the on the building and determining where they're where they're coming in and installing a one-way door would be the best thing you might need a, a company like us to do that and um, okay. and getting them out permanently should i buy some traps and can i use warfarin uh, i i wouldn't suggest using any poisons such as warfarin inside the house uh just because <laughs> There's a misconception that poisons yeah, no, will one, often Mike, make one more ra- quick question. Is that why I'm getting a smell coming up through the register? If you're using warfarin now, you might be killing no, them off, no, and you might actually warfarin. be getting the smell of the deceased rodents. Warfarin and, and other poisons are thought to make rodents thirsty and send them outside. That does sometimes happen, but more often than not, when a rodent is poisoned, it's tired, it doesn't feel well, it wants to go home and rest and if that place of rest is Ooh. normally inside your house that's where they're likely to to die and okay. the smell will follow okay len you better call west side pest control that's my advice to you sandra in vancouver hi sandra hi you guys hi. i have a problem with so many spiders my basement looks like the matrix when the sun shines on it <laughs> and i have a brand new grandchild so i don't want to and a large parameter of the house and i'm wondering what kind what of spider? What kind of spiders are they? Are they big ones? No. Okay. I almost never see the spiders. I only ever see their web. Okay, Mike. Great. Yeah. So you know, if if you've got a grandchild, and I'm guessing you're 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 concerned and sensitive about using insecticides to to treat them, I would go about it the the old fashioned way by just using literally using a feather duster and keeping the keeping the webs down. That that's going to keep the spiders down. Another thing that you can purchase from hardware stores that are great at catching insects are are glue traps. Um, those can be placed underneath couches and different types of of furniture. Many years ago, because um, I'm an advocate of not using insecticides if you don't have to, uh, my wife was petrified of spiders. We lived in a basement suite that had tons of them, and I put tons of these glue traps out, and every six months I would tell her that I was going to apply a, a, a product, and um, I would literally just put the glue, the glue traps out. We went out for dinner, went to a movie, and uh, nobody was ever the wiser, and the spider, co- the spider population wow. went down quite a bit, so... I would okay. definitely try that first, um, and uh, if, if not, there's definitely some, some, some safe, low-toxicity options, and lots of different pest control companies can, okay. can give you advice on that. 
Sandra, good luck with that. Mike, we got more calls, but sadly we're out of time. So what we'll have to do is we'll just have to have you back on, okay? So, But thank you for coming on today. You bet. Thank you, Mike.